Well, hey, friends, my name is Jonathan, your content producer here at Stay Forth Designs, and I am excited to be here with you today. It's Thursday, and hopefully you have had a great week. If you haven't had a great week, I hope that the conversation that we're about to dive into on the podcast will give you some encouragement to help you take your next right step to end today on a high note, start your Friday tomorrow on a high note, navigate the days and weeks ahead well and begin to gain some traction. So what are we talking about? Uh, We're going to jump right into a very practical conversation that Alan had with Daniel Fusco, who's been on the podcast already. You can go back and find his previous conversations. They're always great. Love what he talks about. So Alan and Daniel are going to dive into a great conversation talking growth and discouragement. So slow down, enjoy some time with this episode, share it with a friend when you're done, and enjoy today's episode of the podcast. Daniel, thanks so much for jumping in. I cannot wait to crack open this topic with you. Man, I'm so excited to be with you, Alan, Compassion, all the leaders all over the world who are joining us. When I think through the growth in this season, I think about two areas that I'd like to dig into in this conversation. First of all, we've all grown like 10 years worth since the year started. We've all grown and we've been stretched and we wouldn't have invited it but we're already starting to see some of the areas that this has grown and matured us. But some organizations out there have physically grown, have grown, whether it's an online presence for churches, some businesses have exploded during this time. And so we hear a lot about who is not growing, but also it's okay to be celebrating that you are growing, but it is disorienting. And so I want to dig in both sides of growth uh, on that piece of it. So Daniel, I know that as your influence has grown a lot. We've talked about some of the different maybe problem areas that come up. And so individually or as an organization, what are some issues that growth can create in us uh, as our own influence or our organizations grow? Well, yeah, it's like, I love what you said, Alan, because there's no doubt that, you know, we're all growing every day and, and whether as individuals or as individuals leading organizations, like, you know, I've always heard it said like healthy things grow. But the thing is, is actually not all healthy things grow, like cancer grows too, right? And so, so the thing is, is that like, we always want it, like when we're seeing growth in one area, it it also could be a corresponding kind of negative growth in another area. So, so like, I know, like for us as an organization, we had been doing kind of the digital ministry kind of long before COVID. And so when, when churches were not able to meet, we were already well, and a well-oiled digital ministry. And so we were able to like 10x what we were doing because all the things were like, well, when we get some bandwidth, we're going to do this and this and this. All we had was bandwidth. And so we kind of, you know, we already had those muscles. Also for us as a church, almost everyone in our church had watched Crossroads online at some point because we had been doing it for so long and they had a sick kid or on vacation. So it wasn't like a, we have to get people used to how to find us online. And, and so we grew a lot, but it has been really odd because you know, when I talk to, you know, as I've been trying to coach leaders and help them navigate some of this, I feel bad where they're like, yeah, like, are you guys growing in numbers online? We're like, yeah, like we're, we've never been bigger online. Um, and, but it is hard because you realize that in the midst of what's going on, there's so many different uh, parts of this experience. And, and, and I don't want to be boastful. You know, it's just, that's just the reality. And like, if you look at like what's going on with Amazon, obviously, if you look at uh, even on the stock market, the big tech, you know, whether it's Google, Facebook and, and, and Amazon and Apple, they're all growing like crazy right now because, you know, instead of going to store, everyone's using Amazon instead of, you know, uh, 
you know, watching things, you're, people are, are glued to their social media right now. And so uh, I think that's a good reminder that when crazy things happen, it does create opportunities if we're uh, willing and able and, and, and kind of risk, you know, not risk averse too much to jump in. Yeah, so let's dig into the organization there a little bit. Crossroads Community Church. I love you guys, your staff, what you guys do, who you guys are. What does that do to the staff as you're growing? What are some of those pain points or pressure points that as someone grows in influence or numbers, you can just expect to happen? Yeah, so I think the biggest pain point, and it's funny, I was watching this, my 15-year-old son and I have been working out together. One of the ways we've been trying to stay healthy during all this. And we were watching this video of this guy who had this like a barbell with these two water jugs on the side of it, you know? And, and the thing is, is that when, because water is not stable, when things start to shift, you have to readjust everything. And so, you know, by and large as a church, you know, uh, we do a lot of events-based stuff. We have these large gatherings, whether there's, you know, weekends or midweeks, and then all of a sudden you can't have those. And then everything's thrown in online. Now, all of a sudden it's like everything gets destabilized. And, and, and if you're not agile enough to be able to adjust, you just crash down. And I think that's what's happened to a lot of us. And not that Crossroads hasn't had, you know, we, we've fallen down in a million ways in the midst of it, because all of a sudden everything feels disoriented because your weight is not level anymore. You used to do it this way. And so uh, for us, it's been very, very hard uh, on everybody because there's been, we have staff who their entire job was event-based because of these large gatherings. And now their entire job has, we had to take, say, listen, we're giving you a brand new job description. Lord willing, it's not a permanently new job description, but it's what we're doing for right now. And it's hard to be flexible. I mean, there's an old saying, blessed are the flexible, for they will not break. Um, I like to say, but when you are flexible, you still will get really sore. You know, and I think as an organization, yeah, like everyone's really sore right now because we've had to be flexible a million different ways, constantly pivoting. And, and that can be very off-putting, especially when you're just used to, I mean, you know, for a hundred years since the Spanish flu, the church has just met on the weekends. It's like, there's no problems, you know? And now all of a sudden everyone's like, well, what do we do? Like, how do we do this? How do we care for our people when we can't see them face-to-face in person at a large gathering. And so it, it's put a lot of stress on us organizationally, a lot of stress on us as people. Uh, I think by and large as an organization, our folks, and we've tried to weather it with kind of just uh, open communication, you know, complaining about the soreness together, not in a, in a sinful way, but acknowledging like, bro, I'm super sore. Like we made this decision yesterday. We have to adjust the decision today, like which what we just did today. Again, we made a decision yesterday to adjust the decision today. But just being used to being sore, um, continuing to, to, to be flexible uh, in the midst of it has been a great asset to us, but it's been hard to come by and a lot of work to get there. Yeah, that's good. So let's push over into kind of the personal piece of this. Um, you have a personal ministry outside of the ministry there at the church, and many times those bleed together, but God has positioned you uniquely uh, influencing and, and reaching a lot of people all over, largely through technology. And um, so a lot of leaders I've noticed during this time, now we're entering into a personal space where they maybe have opportunity to influence people online. They have, you know, more likes or comments or eyeballs watching, which can be great and can be, like you say, incredibly disorienting to see that. The personal side of things, as people's maybe personal influence grows, especially online, what are some, some of those pressure points they can expect personally? How have you sensed those and what are some of the guards we can put up against this? 
Yeah, those are great questions. So I think the first thing is, is that, you know, um, the problem with the, with the uh, more digital stuff is that uh, there's more likes and, and all of that can be like a good ego stroke. Uh, and, and so, but like, if you start living by those things, it's completely awful, you know, been there, done that, had to learn through the pain of that, you know, also as your, um, as your influence grows, so does your detractors. Uh, our founding pastor crosses Bill Ritchie once said to me, Daniel, the, 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 the farther, the higher up you get on the ladder, the more people who can see your butt, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was funny. And, and so it was like a great reminder. Cause it's not, we're not climbing a ladder. Alex. I'm just trying to serve Jesus. And, but like the more people don't like, you know, what you do, what you say, how you said it, we live in a polarized society where everyone's like it's an attack dog society and uh, cancel culture. So people are just looking to get mad at you. And so uh, that can be really discouraging. Like I caught myself like, you know, probably about two years ago, I would scroll through the comments on a post that had all, all this stuff. And it's like, I was just looking for all the negative comments and I found a plethora of them, you know what I mean? And, and so that, that can eat your lunch really, really well. Uh, so I, I think the ways to really kind of be like one, um, like we shouldn't be in it for a platform. I just want to, I just want to let people know about Jesus. You know, Jesus uses people. And so I'm like, Hey Lord, if uh, here I am, send me, if you want to use me. Um, and so, but, but don't, don't get caught up in the likes game. The, the, you know, there's so much, uh, you know, uh, if someone else's video is doing really well, we want to, you know, slag it, you know, like there's so much envy in it, you know, or if you have a different, you know, what I've learned is that arguing theology digitally, is just a colossal waste of time. Like, I, I think you can't really have an, a theological discussion, divorce of relationship, trying to fix a church you don't go to from the outside, like a divorce from relationship, you're just wasting good energy. And so I think that those are some of the things I think having people around you who are joining you in the journey. Uh, that's one of the great blessings, not only here for me at Crossroads, but like with friends like you, Alan, I have so many friends who are like, we're all on this journey together. We look out for one another. We check in on one another because, um, you know, like all of us in ministry and in life, like there's an affirmation that comes like, you know, wh whether we talk about our buddy Tyler and his great coffee shops in Co Colorado Springs, like watching those things blossom, like that's an affirmation of sorts when you can't sling coffee out of the shop, that, that feels really disorienting. If you're, if you're a communicator, being able to communicate in person, there, there's an affirmation that comes from having a handful of people there when you can't do it. And when it's all mine and all you do is, and I don't know about everybody, but a lot of us, a uh, hundred kind comments uh, does not outweigh one really negative comment. Like you just think about the negative one. And so you need yeah. people around you to yeah. help you kind of process through that, navigate that. And then, you know, the last piece of advice I'll give on this is um, I always remind people that if you're in the digital space, you're going to have distractors, but never take, uh, never worry about criticism from somebody who you aren't, won't ask advice from. So like everyone's entitled mm -hmm. to their opinion. Like that's yeah. like where everyone's allowed to have it, but that's you shouldn't good. weigh every opinion the same. And so um, if, if it's somebody who you wouldn't take advice from, then uh, I wouldn't weigh their criticism too heavily. But if it's like one of the people who's like a core person in, in, in the ministry that you're doing or someone that was on, on the team with me, if they're like, Daniel, I think that that really came off wrong for these reasons. I weigh that heavily because there's somebody who knows me, they know my heart, they know what I'm trying to do. And we all need good constructive feedback because uh, none of us are perfect. I mean, Jesus is perfect. That's why I believe in him joyfully. You know, I, I'm, every day I'm just trying, you know, not to fall into a hole of my own creation, you know. And so, um, you know, just you know, we have to keep things in, in a good perspective, I'd say.
Uh, yeah, man, that that's so good. I've enjoyed the check-ins and needed the check-ins, whether it's a text once in a while of, Hey, everything looks great on social, but how are you doing for real? What's going on in your life? 15 minute, five minute, 10 minute. Hey, just wanted to see, are you doing okay? What's the weight of this? And I think mid fall right now in the midst of an election season, I want to encourage anybody listening that like Daniel and I have a friendship where we can say, man, Hey, how are you actually doing? Sometimes the best stuff happens before you hit record on that podcast or before you preach and you say, are we, are we okay? Before you start the meeting. And I just want to encourage you guys to connect. I know that Daniel is the real deal. And we have conversations about joys and losses and things that are tensions uh, in life. And just to have a few folks in your corner, maybe right now, as you're watching this, you can pick up the phone, you can text somebody and say, let's get a real conversation. We haven't checked back in in a while because we've all kind of lost disconnection uh, or lost connection in some sense um, during this time. One of the things that, that I love about you, we have a ton of fun together. You have a lot of joy in your life. It's just kind of a mark that God has, has put there. And you have a book uh, that is just about to release called Crazy Happy. So can you help us in this tension right now? We're living between authenticity. We need to be honest. This has been a really hard season and the joy that we sense everybody needs deeply right now. What is that tension right now? And how do we live well in it, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm blown away, Alan, because I think I, who like God knows that that I got a, a book coming out called Crazy Happy. Uh, you know, nine surprising ways to live the truly beautiful life right now. Because like, I agree with everything you said. And for all you leaders out there, listen. Like, it's okay to not be okay. Like, this has been such a disruptive, it's a disorienting time. For all of us, we thought we'd be out of it already. We're still not out of it yet. And, and, and with, with all the polarization, no matter what you do, you're in trouble in certain quarters. You know, it's just a mess right now. And so, you know, anybody who, you know, and as leaders, we're so used to everybody saying, hey, you know, like, you know, I need your help. And we're, we're always good to be there to help. But like, it's okay to say, hey, I'm not doing okay. And so what I love is this book, I think there's no better time to talk about, I call it crazy happy because it's, we have a tendency to think of happiness as like kind of like a, a, a toothy smile, like, 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 a, like an externals. And for many of us, when we think about happiness, like I'll be happy when, you know, we can just meet back together, not having to wear masks and I can just hug everybody or whatever, you know, like it's all external things. But really, you know, the happiness that God has for us you know, is the, called the blessed person. You see the, the blessed person in the Beatitudes, the person who is fruitful, as Paul explains the fruit of the Spirit in, in Galatians 5. And all of those things are actually not external things, they're inward things. And so what, I've, what I'm learning in, in this season of all this disruption is that God wants to do an internal work in me that will, that will actually drive the joy of my life uh, irrespective or irregardless of what's going on externally. And, uh, and Jesus talks about like what Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Like nobody ever says, you know, my happiness is on the other side of humility. So if you don't know what to do right now, and you're willing to tell your team, listen, I don't know what to do right now, but we're going to keep figuring this out together. That feels awkward for us as leaders who always need to have the answer, but actually your happiness is on the other side of it because you're actually, like you said, about being authentic. Like our culture loves transparency. This is who I am. Deal with it. But Jesus is interested in authenticity, which is, this is who I am. Can you help me? Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like the beginning of the gospel is, Lord, you, you see me. I need help. You know, the beginning of an intimate relationship, a friendship is, here I am. I can't do this on my own. Can you help me? 
you know, and so, you know, crazy happy, the whole idea of it is, is God's plan for happiness is found in crazy places, surprising places, you know, places that we wouldn't understand. And I think for us as leaders, COVID-19, an, a, a very, very, very partisan election year, you know, racial tensions, economic concerns, geopolitical things. You know, I believe that this is the context where God actually wants to birth you know, true blessedness, real biblical happiness by his spirit because of Jesus in the heart of his leaders. How countercultural would that be if we, as the people of Jesus, became known for this surprising and curious joy? It just doesn't make sense right now in, in the midst of this moment. What are a couple practical things that, that folks can be doing to continue to cultivate that joy, maybe reconnect with that joy? I uh, met with a leader a while ago and he said, I've lost my joy. What would you yeah. say to those leaders out there who are wanting to say that? Yeah. So, I, and just so you know, like, I think we've all felt that in some different ways, you know, and like in, in the midst of what, all that's been going on, like as somebody who is kind of naturally gregarious, you know, you said joyful, you know, I've caught myself sometimes being super pessimistic, you know, negative, like all these things. And so when I catch that, I say to myself, okay. Lord, because you're not negative, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and, and the idea is that God, God is the most joyful person you'll ever meet. And, and, and so when I'm feeling divorced, when I'm feeling like I'm losing my joy, it's because in some ways my circumstances are obscuring the Lord in my life, you know, and, and there's no doubt, like, you know, for, for Christian leaders, it's like, we're Christians first and we're leaders second, and really we're servant leaders. And those are the best Christian leaders. But in the midst of having to kind of we're riding the bucking bronco of a pandemic, leading through this crisis leadership, all these things. It's really easy to be so plugged into the matrix of this thing that we're really not stopping. We're really not like putting like the phone down. Like I've had to force myself. I was really good in the morning routine of not looking at my phone before I first looked into the face of God. But man, come March of this year, April of this year, I was waking up like, what's the news? You know, and, and, and after I can ingest like a, you know, an hour of, 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 of news, then I go to my quiet time and I'm just not in a good spot. And so like I had to force myself, like, you're not allowed to look at your phone until you've gotten in the word of God in prayer. Uh, you know, I've kind of recommitted to journaling because I just need to get like some stuff. I just need to get it out. You know, just the fact that it's in there, God knows he, he sent Jesus on a rescue mission. Cause that stuff's in there. But like in the midst of it, you know, in, in the name of, being a good leader, we forget that if, if we're not whole, we're just going to break everything around us. Yeah, and so true. like, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not talking, and I realize like the idea of healthy leadership today is also like an excuse for lazy people to be more lazy. You know, so if that's, if you're the person who like, you always need to be on sabbatical, you know, then, then maybe there's a lot of other things you need to change in your life. I, I'm not saying a sabbatical is bad, but it's like, if you always need a mental health day, then it, it's actually not, the job's not the problem. But I think a lot of leaders are stuck in this, you know, like you just go, 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 go. And you're like, I'll, I'll catch up later. And what, you know, and me and you have talked about this and, and me and you could do this, Alan, you're right. Like, it's like, you know, you end up in, 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 in deficit. And, and, and then it, you know, if you know, if you're, if you're in debt, it takes, it takes more energy to get out of debt than, than to go into debt, you know? And so I think for a lot of leaders right now, you need to like recommit to time alone with the Lord to legit Sabbath day, like, like not, I'm going to Sabbath and I'm going to go, you know, build a deck in the backyard, but like, like take a nap in the name of Jesus, like 
grab your bride's hand and go for a slow walk. Like n- not, not a, Hey, we're, we're training for our third ultra marathon. If you do that, God bless you. But like <laughs> slow walk, like, like, like sit with your kids and watch an animated show. Like I've had to like learn the worship. We learn the worship art of doing nothing is still doing something because for me, you know, it came about, I guess about May, June, I was just, I'd been connected to this thing so hard trying to figure out how, how we're, how to lead through this. How do I do this? You know, that I was literally like, man, this is not good. I'm not in a good spot. And so you just have to kind of go back, you know, uh, what Jesus told the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, you know, I have this one thing against you, you left your first love and then he counsels them, you know, um, you know, remember from where you have fallen, remember, you know, repent and do the first work. So I always like say, we have to remember, you know, where, where we're supposed to be. We repent, we turn from what we're doing. We turn back to what we used to do when we were in that sweetness with the Lord, you know, and, and, and so you return to the first works and then ultimately you rejoice again, because our joy is not in the externals. Our joy is in the Lord and really happiness is an inside job. How are you different since COVID broke? <laughs> well, I got a lot more gray hairs and my hairline, I'm like, my hair, like, I'm going to be like, I'm becoming Alan Briggs a little Come bit. Come on, bring it. The hairline's moving back. It's bring like it. I, was talking to, I was talking to my dad. He's all Italian from, from New York. So, you know, he, he, he can, he can zing him. He's like, bro, your forehead's getting bigger, you know? And so I just thanks, started dad. laughing. I'm like, thanks, Bob. But like, yeah, it's like, you know, like I've, like I've aged. Like, listen, no one's led through a global pandemic before. Not one of us, you know, and so there's not a textbook. There'll be a, a billion books after this, you know, and so I just feel like I'm just having to remind myself that I that all of this God means it for good. He wants to make me more like Jesus, and so so I'm I'm finding myself being more comfortable, being uncomfortable. I find myself being aware at how under stress I can be a little bit shorter, uh, tempered with people around me. And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm realizing that I am the least patient person in God's kingdom. Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. And I am the least patient person who's ever lived. And so I find myself saying, Lord, um, will you forgive me for my impatience? Will you forgive me for the ways that I deal with life under stress? Uh, because all of us are under it in, in, a, in a uniquely significant way right now. And, and I'm just taking everything as this is God's curriculum to to make me more like Jesus, and so I'm just trying to embrace all of it, uh, even the stuff that I think is like I'm like seeing myself, and I'm like God, I am a spoiled kid right now. Like, and 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 that's just you know. So I, I feel like I'm growing, like I'm like I made the commitment in the beginning. I'm going to come out the other end of this different than I was, better, not bitter, better than I was. And I have so much data of how much I need Jesus how I'm not what I used to be and I'm not what I'm going to be. And uh, very specific lines of, I have to work on this. I have to work on this. This is an, a growth area that I need to trust the Lord and surrender to the Lord. Um, you know, walk in grace, uh, humble myself and ask for forgiveness. Uh, all of those things are very real for me in all of this. Thanks for sharing. I've always appreciated your moving beyond transparency to authenticity. Uh, you're real. That's who you are. I don't believe that people are going to tolerate leaders who are not real in the next season. We all know it's just not that easy. It's just not that slick. We can see behind people's lives. 
And we need leaders having real conversations. And as some of you, as you see this, as you hear this, are probably tearing up thinking like, almost like PTSD to hear what we have been through and yet we are with you. You are not alone. And we have all just wrestled and struggled and limped through this season. And I love that we're not who we were, we're not who we are going to be. We're heading into that. I so appreciate you and your friendship. And I wanna close with always this zoom out question, the 2030 question. When you zoom out 10 years from now, what do you wanna look back and have others say about how you lived and led through this time? Um, so yeah, if we were to fast forward 10 years, uh, I want people to say, you know, uh, Fusco and Crossroads uh, doubled down on getting the gospel out to the people outside of the church. Like, I think this is a big thing for me, is that um, so many leaders right now, especially within uh, the church world, uh, they're actually making decisions to get a that boy from the, from the faithful. And almost all of that is political. And, you know, I, I, I've only ministered in what would be a historically non-Christian environments, my home state of New Jersey. Uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, and now I'm right outside of Portland, Oregon. And so uh, when Christians do things that make Christians happy, and it, it completely obscures the good news of Jesus to uh, the majority of our culture, which is uh, outside of Jesus, uh, not post-Christian, I like to say it's pre-revival, you know, uh, we have been, you know, my goal is that in 10 years, we'll see hundreds of thousands of people say yes to Jesus because of the way in which we chose not to do things for the that avoids of a certain contingent of Christians, but that we can be salt and light in a culture that unless God brings a revival by his spirit, you know, we see that, you know, all the statistics tell us the trajectory. But I'm like, Hey man, we're not post-Christian, we're pre-revival. And, and, and we want cross earth to be centered on, we are getting the gospel out to the pre-revived crowd in a way that they can understand. And uh, if we can land that and, if we can do that now, I'll be super stoked in 10 years. Well, guys, we hope you found today's episode of the podcast practical. We hope it has equipped you to take your next right step. Maybe you don't know what that next step is. Maybe you need some help and some guidance along your leadership journey. Well, we'd love to come alongside and help you with that. If you head over to stayforth.com forward slash coaching, you can check out all of our coaching opportunities as well as a list of our amazingly talented coaches who are rooting for you, who are pulling for you, and want to see you get healthy so that you can reach more impact. As always, do us a favor, share these episodes, give them a like, and subscribe to them wherever you consume podcasts. Share them with people. These are practical tools. The conversations are amazing. If you've not subscribed yet, do so so you can get updated each Tuesday and Thursday when they drop. And until next time, we'll see you right back here on the Right Side of Leadership Podcast. Shot, shot, we focus so long.